Salutations! Woo! Woo! You, gotta, you gotta clap, And welcome to the 42nd episode Good. of the In the House podcast. Post-holidays. The official podcast of Scouse's House Supporters Group, which is an official supporters group of Louisville City Football Club. I am your host, Evan Floyd, and I'm just pleased as punch to yeah. be here tonight. I am. Because uh, I'm coming off that holiday malaise. Yeah. I've eased back into my regular work week. I feel confident about what I'm doing again. Mm-hmm. Unlike that time period from Christmas to, to New, New Year's, Year's where you feel I lost. I don't know what day it is. You, yeah, you're hopeless. You're just sort of bloated and <laughs> yeah. hungover and angry all where the time. Where am I supposed to be right now? Yeah, what am I, day is it? Is this a work day? Is this a holiday? Are we drinking today or are we working today? Or is yeah. it a, one of those bothy days? Yeah. Which are the best days? Also, kind of the worst days. Though. Both, both. All right. So, uh, episode forty-two. That is, according to Douglas Adams, the answer to life, the universe, yeah. and everything. I feel like we're going to be able to bring a lot of that to this podcast today. I was legitimately curious if you were going to make a reference to the Hitchhiker's Guide. Like, I, I was, re- I was legit. I was like, I don't know any other way. I don't know the question, but I know the answer. What? The question is not how many mans must, how many it's roads not. must a man walk down. It's not. But uh, in order to help me find the questions that I need, I'm going to have a delightful guest today, but I'm also going to need my partner. And my partner is tonight coming to us live from an underground backgammon tournament in Burma. <laughs> Andy Frederick, ladies and gentlemen. Andy, yeah. welcome, boss. I don't know where in Burma, or even if Burma is what it's still called, they put a bag over my head, uh-huh. and somebody whispered very menacingly, do you like backhand? <laughs> I said so, no, and they said too bad. And so now I'm here. And so you just assume you're somewhere in the Golden Triangle. I don't even know got. if we're actually playing backgammon, because the bag is still on my head. And they're just telling you, to, handing you dice and asking you to roll them? They took. They told me I could take like an hour-ish long break. Okay. Well, we appreciate that. That's courteous right? of enforced board game operators, I guess. Um, all right. Well, Andy, welcome back. Did you have a lovely holiday? I had a great holiday. I did. Some working over my holiday, so it's, my in between Christmas and New Year was basically just work. I knew exactly what day it was. Understood, it understood. I did not, but uh, 2019 is treating you well. It is, and uh, it ha- is. Have you done anything special yet for your 2019 year to get it kicked off? Are you are you on the resolution train? I don't do resolutions, man. No, no. I read that you shouldn't do resolutions because it sets you you set yourself up for. Unnecessary anxiety. Okay. So I don't do resolutions. I understand that. I make I make the exact same resolutions every year, and uh, I fail at them every year. But I don't. See, this is what that's what I'm talking about. I don't feel <laughs> I don't feel any anxiety about it. I go into the year expecting to fail, and then I meet those expectations. No, um, we got no. Yeah, it's been it's been it was a great holiday. Just got some 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 good time in with my wife's family. Got yeah. Some good time in with my wife. Yeah. Nice. My family, so it's it was good. It was good. Weirdly, and I'm not saying this as in I'm disappointed. I'm not saying this as in I'm mad. I'm saying this in that I'm just surprised. I got no Louisville City gear for Christmas. Neither did I. Which that I is, think is strange, that, right? It, I would think it was strange, except that last year I got so much Louisville City gear for Christmas. I, I imagine that my in-laws in particular must have thought, 
We literally bought him nothing but Louisville City stuff yeah. last year. I bet he doesn't want that this year. They were wrong. I wanted it again this year, <laughs> and no one got me any. Uh, I I wandered down to the store a couple of days ago, down to the Fourth Street store, and mm-hmm. uh, and I, I intentionally didn't bring my wallet because I didn't, I don't want to binge <laughs> shop there, right. which is what I would do. Yeah. And so this was purely window shopping, and I just sort of oh that's nice. I like that. I don't want to go until they have the new kits out. When I want the new jerseys before I go be? spend my money. Um, I don't have official dates on when the new jerseys become available. Martine, do you have them? I have no idea. All right. I'm really anxious to see the third kit. The yeah. third kit is uh, it's it's sharp. It's sharp. Wait, have you seen it? Oh, yes. <laughs> Whoops. Yes. Uh, well, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's all that big of a secret. They invited about eight or nine people from uh, the Lou City circles of the fan groups to come in and work on them with them on oh, what nice. the kits would look like this year. And so, uh, yes, I have seen the three kits. I'm told that the third kit in particular had some tweaks to it from what we fi- what we saw in the end, so I don't know exactly, exactly, but I've got a pretty good idea, and Dubs. they're all sharp. Dubs. But I want the home. I want the home, pure home jersey. The I think Luke's. I think I'm going to continue collecting the third kit. The third ultimate. But also get the home. Well, now I feel terrible because I immediately, I I was desperate for Martin's input. Mm -hmm. So desperate that I forgot to introduce him. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a guest tonight. He is one of the uh, luminous hosts of uh, Podcast Luchador, the Spanish language Loose City podcast. Uh, and he does a tremendous job on that. He's also just a big fan and a uh, and a nice dude that we've enjoyed hanging out with at a couple of tailgates and thought it was time we had him on the podcast. We tried a couple of times last year, yeah. and the timing didn't work out, and so we're thrilled He's tonight. He's a busy man. Who is it, you know? <laughs> uh, we're thrilled tonight to have Martin Valencia on the podcast. Martin, thanks so much. Man, thanks, guys, for having me. I mean, I know we tried a few times last year to get this done, but... I was always working or doing something. Martine, working is the worst. That's it's the stupid. worst. I, in fact, I think that the next time if we ask you to be on and you are scheduled to work, that instead you should just quit and focus <laughs> all of your energy on podcasting, which is what Andy has done. He is uh, basically homeless now. Much to my uh, wife's chagrin. Uh, <laughs> she's still in the house, but uh, Andy, on the other hand, is homeless. Uh, Martine, we're really glad you're here. We're going to talk tonight about some purple stuff. We're going to talk about uh, the midfield play, the, in particular the central midfielders from last season. And we're going to uh, talk a little bit about the schedule, which we have finalized now, some, uh, some dates, some times. We know what it's supposed to look like, and yeah. that's, it's time to get excited. As we sit here right now, we are under, under. 60 days. Yeah, we're at 59. Under 60 days to the homo, I mean to the first game. It's going to go by in no time. I uh, frankly, I feel like the uh, the off season has yeah, gone by is. in no time. Uh, I was really worried about it like the like 5 days after the title game. I thought I'm not going to make it. This is awful. There's this there's yeah. a there's a hole in my heart where soccer should be. <laughs> Um, but it it's really gone by very nicely. I'm yeah. afraid of the doldrums of February. I think like February 9th, That's everybody's just going to be like, oh, for God's sake. I think the last three weeks before the first game of the season, that's what's going to be. Well, and especially that's what's going to drag. Once we start getting to be able to go to some uh, to some preseason games, yeah. 
It'll that'll change things a little. I'm worried about while the guys are down there in uh, at IMG in Bradenton about how much news will trickle out because during that time period you you'll know that decisions are being made that we're not privy to. Yeah, and I don't like that. I like to know <laughs> know immediately. Call them. Scott will get really annoyed with me really quickly. Just call them constantly. Like, really quickly, like <laughs> like the second day, you need to stop calling. Get like four <laughs> burner phones and call them from each of those. Have I, confirmed uh, who they're uh, scrimmaging? At? Uh, we have the one game we know they're going to be scrimmaging against Nashville, and that's the only game we know of, which is though fascinating. We know they're scrimmaging Nashville down in IMG Academy. We don't have any of the back north preseason games uh, officially notified yet. Uh, I'll be curious to hear what the players' reception and reaction is to Cam Lancaster cool. being in a Nashville jersey. <laughs> but uh, when we get to the schedule schedule, we'll talk about when we get to welcome him back because that's exciting. But let's uh, let's start first with some purple stuff. I think i got got to lube up the wheels here. Absolutely. So, uh, gentlemen, if you have yeah. your glasses, everybody uh, got what you need. Oh. Cheers. Uh, that, purple stuff? that is smoky. smoky. That is smoky and oaky. Mm-hmm. Very smoke and oak going on yeah. in my purple stuff tonight. Martin, uh, how's your purple stuff? That was pretty IPA-ish. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be too hard on the nose. All right. That's, that's accurate. Yeah, like, you can't lie. <laughs> um... All right, so news and notes. Uh, let's get first to the coaching news. We have officially promoted or officially full-time hired Scott Budnick as the goalkeeping coach, mm-hmm. which is great news. I know he worked with the team basically from uh, the time Hackworth got there last year and apparently somewhat during the triumvirate's transition. Yeah. And so uh, really nice that he's been named an official member of the team and, uh, and a coach. He's... Uh, Fully qualified, uh, clearly has a good working relationship with Dobro, where there's no point in bringing him in, and uh, that's the that's the kicker. So I mentioned that right from the beginning, so that we can go on to player news and notes. Mm-hmm. Since we last spoke, basically everything that yeah. was going to happen in terms of roster tone turnover happened about 20 minutes yeah. after our podcast was recorded last time. You probably should have come back. And <laughs> we, like... <laughs> we should have done take two. Yeah. Um, so we have some roster news, but most of it is old news at this point, basically three weeks ago news. We do know that uh, Cam will not be rejoining the team. And we know that Kyle Smith and Greg Ranjitsing have both signed contracts with Orlando City to go up to MLS. Well-deserved on both of them. Not that surprising. No. And Greg was already under contract with the team, so that means that uh, we would have gotten a little slice of that pie, which is always a good thing. Um, The only player who remains unsigned either with us or with a new team from last year's squad is Speedy Williams. So we will, uh, and we'll be discussing him as we talk about our central midfielders. But he's the only guy that doesn't have a team that could still maybe be coming back, maybe be going to a rival, maybe be moving up or moving on. Are we, can I? Am I the only person who was somewhat surprised that Paco got resigned? Well, that was where I was going next. Was the Paco oh, Craig sorry. resigning? Sorry, <laughs> you're fine because it was the, no, it was the next piece of purple stuff that uh, Paco Craig resigns. I was shocked. Oh, I was too. 
right though, I mean, like I saw the news and I was I was mostly like, nice, it's yeah, awesome. The Pac the Pac-Man back, are you kidding me? But then it was like, really though? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's stunning to me. I feel like somebody somewhere was gonna swoop in and take him. Surely, right? Uh, you oh, yeah. know he had to have gotten offers. There had I mean if there weren't other offers, I don't know what is going on in soccer in the world. Like, I don't yeah. understand because you can't have watched him play the last three years for and us wanted to, yeah, no, and not thought sense. that guy belongs in a higher level. I think it's safe to say he's been the most consistently excellent defensive player yeah. in USL. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. He easily could have won uh, Defensive Player of the Year both years. He was named to the first the USL first team both years. He's tremendous, and he's an anchor. And I, in my mind, I'm thinking maybe we, maybe we re-signed him and he's signing somewhere else a la Greg. Yeah. Um, but until that happens, I mean, and we're getting later and later into the year here. Yeah, this one, you know, I feel like that if that was the case, I feel like that would have already happened. Uh, I, right? And like, I agree with that, too. Um, I'm I'm baffled by it because I thought that when we signed Taylor Pay that that would have yeah, meant, right. that would have yeah. meant, hey, no, he's not coming back. Because now we have a glut of central defenders. I mean, just we've got a lot of center backs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all really and they're all really good. And we have basically no wingbacks. And that's going to be a thing at some point. Um, I'm curious. All right, so if we just assume Taylor Pay, Alexi Swahi, Paco Craig, Sean Tosh, Pat McMahon, all really good central defenders, you have to assume Pat McMahon is an odd man out. Yeah. And that maybe he finds space out on the wing, maybe, uh, to get some extra minutes. You have to wonder if Sean Tosh is going to get some minutes out on the wing or if he will uh, be more likely to maybe play that, like we talked about last time, that number six spot, yeah. right in the, that destroyer role yeah. right in front of the defensive line. Uh, maybe try to stretch him out a little for that. I, you can't not start Paco Craig. That's not a thing. That's not an option. No. Paco Craig is one of your starting defensive, uh, one of your starting center backs. Alexi Swahi came into his own and played amazingly well last year. Oh, yeah. And you brought Taylor Pay in to be that extra spot. Uh, it leads you to wonder if you're going to play with a three center back back line instead of the four man back line, which we've been running, because now we're better tailored for that. Yeah. Um, and it also opens the door for a George Davis or for a uh, one of the maybe more offensive-minded wings or attacking midfielders to be able to slide back and play as one of the uh, wingbacks. Maybe. Uh, it's going to be interesting to find out. If we don't sign another uh, fullback, mm-hmm. I won't, I'll be curious to see what kind of formation we run out there in because... You got five quality center backs for yeah. essentially two spots, and four of them really only play those two spots yeah. or that spot. So I don't. Uh, it's going to be fascinating. I play, love that he's back. He's and gonna play, Hack's going to play all of them at once and have one midfielder. Well, I got <laughs> I got into a little bit of a Twitter conversation last night with Mike Watts of uh, of calling the games, USL games, the voice of the USL fame, 
just talking about what we can expect from a Coach Hackworth team. And that's one of the bits about this is we don't really know yet. No. Like, John Hackworth came in and did an amazing job of shepherding an already existing team across the finish line and uh, making some tweaks here and there to the formation and to the personnel and got us a championship, and I think he deserves a ton of credit for it. Yeah. This is a totally different animal, though. A full season under his leadership and him making personnel decisions. Right now, it looks odd. Martin, do you have a preference about playing three at the back or four at the back? Um, I think it'd be interesting to see the three in the back. I mean, and now that we have a really strong um, back to be able to pull that off. Yeah. Well, in, in particular, we did that for a lot of that. I mean, that's what won us our first championship, yeah. was having Tarek, Sean Tosh, and Paco play three at the back for the stretch run. And then last year, we won with four. And now we look like our personnel is really more suited to three, but John Hackworth has historically preferred four. So I don't... It'll be interesting to find out where yeah. we go. And also interesting to see if we sign one more. I think the roster currently sits at 20. 20 players. Mm. I believe the roster currently sits at 20 You're players. You're giving me a look like you know that for a fact because you... <laughs> I don't know that for a fact. I just believe it. I feel like 19 was... Well, how many are we bringing back from last year? I believe that the number there is 13. It may be 14. Hold on. Well, shoot, we can do this. We don't need the damn internet. (laughs) We can do this organically. We've got two keepers in Dobro and Hubbard. We have got uh, Pei, Alexi, Paco, Tosh, Pat McMahon, all center backs. Wing backs, we've got Sean Francis. Oscar Jimenez. I live in the information age, so I'm looking this up while you're doing this. Go ahead. Uh-huh. Uh, and, okay, then for central midfielders, we have got uh, Paolo. We have got uh, Niall McCabe. We've got Jose Carranza. We've got Napo Matoso. Magnus. Oh, and we've got Magnus. We've got... Uh, that's Richie. For, Richie Ballard. Uh, I've said Paolo. We've got Brian Ownby, George Davis. We've got uh, Lucky Cosana, Luke Spencer, Sonny Jane. That's 20. Yep. Man, come on. Did you you say Lucky? I did. Lucky Cosana, yes. 20. Tell me I don't know this roster. Come on. I didn't say you didn't know it. I'm just saying there was an easier way to do that. the new signings. Oh, I mean, I'm really wow. excited. I think that Lucky Kosana, and especially because we signed Sonny Jane also, I think that the two of them combined make interesting. Lucky Kosana, if it had been just him, you're basically playing a very similar style with him as you play with Luke. Mm-hmm. A little bit physical, a little bit over the top. Yeah, some speed, but mostly being able to, uh, to hold up play. And uh, I, I like that style of play, and it works well for the team, but it's the same. Uh, Sonny Jane, I think, adds an extra element of a sort of Cam Lancaster-esque, uh, smaller, craftier, maybe a little bit better of a shot striker. Uh, I'm glad that we pu- pulled him in, even yeah. though the lineup is still showing, the roster still shows George Davis and Brian Ownby both yeah. listed as forwards, which we thought was interesting already. Still a dangerous team. Like looking Shit. through it is like, yeah. <laughs> well, <oof. laughs> that's a dangerous team right there. If you put the pieces together properly, 
if you put find the right combination, I feel like it's another championship squad. Uh, well, I mean, we've said before, even before Sonny and Lucky, even before everybody, it was mm-hmm. like looking at people who were coming back. It was like, yeah, I mean, that's a playoff team right oh, there. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but the kicker to all of that, though, is you also have to decide what it is that matters to you. Because you can run your number one lineup out there game after game, week after week, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe win the league supporters' shield, you know, the community shield or whatnot. Uh, but maybe you're gassed by the time they get to the playoffs. If you're, I love that this is a bigger side. I love that it's got some young pieces on oh, it. Oh, yeah. I love that uh, it looks like there should be a lot of mix and max, match potential where you take those first 25 games of the season, and maybe you aren't in first place or second place or even third place after 25 games, and uh, you're just sort of living there in the playoffs. But you're finding that lineup, which is what we did this year, where until we got to about game 26, we didn't know what the lineup was going to be. And then once we found it, we swept our way straight through the championship. And I'm hopeful that that Coach Hackworth uses his expanded roster, something that uh, Coach O'Connor never had. And even when he had more players, generally was hesitant to use them. He liked to stick with his guys. Yeah. And this is nice. Uh, I'm, what was the most that O'Connor had? In off, off head, I'm feeling like it was 19. But it's possible that there were 20 the first year. Okay. But I don't, that one I don't know. Name them now. Yeah. Go. <laughs> the, the first, I would have a harder time with the first year team than any other team. But I, I could probably still get you 15 of them if I had to. Right. Um, but we're not going to do that right now. Because oh, it's, it's scintillating radio. Um Let's, uh, a couple other pieces of purple stuff. Um, Jose Carranza. Jose Carranza. Someday I'll be able to say that. Hey, you, we're going <laughs> to get Lance. I'm going to sneak it. We're going to get Thank Lance. Thank you, Martinez. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's confirmation, right? Right? There. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, Jose gets a call up to the U20 national team, which yeah. is great. Uh, yeah, some, huge. Yeah, some really good reps for him. Get to play with some of the other best players in the country. Uh, wonderful, wonderful to see him get called up. I wouldn't be shocked if our head coach might have helped him with that cause. What? I have a strong no. hunch that the former coach of the U twenty American yeah. squad might have uh, might have been able Hackworth, to. Hackworth, who's coached the U everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but either way, whatever the circumstances were, he's well deserved of it, and it's just great experience for him. And when you're 20 years old, your legs will work forever, and so I'm not worried about him running out of gas. And so good for him getting the call up, getting to be able to play in camp, and then hopefully get some game time with the team. And that's another bit, though, with a player like him who might get call-ups for national team duty. You need to have backups for that. The same way that you needed to have a third keeper when you had Greg who might get call-ups which maybe we don't require this year. If you aren't going to yeah. have to worry about somebody getting national duty, you know, if you feel confident about Hubbard, then you don't have to worry about anything. You, know, you just run Dobro out there and let him do his thing. Um, but good for Jose Carranza because that's, that's great exposure for him and great exposure for Lou City. I always say every little bit that Lou City players can have uh, exposure to other uh, cities, other nations, everything, that's – good for the brand 
Uh, if you know when people are watching that game on ESPN twenty six, <laughs> that uh, they can look on there and see when when his name flashes up there underneath it, it'll say Lou City yeah. FC, and that means something. And so that's great. Um, I'm trying to think other bits of news and notes off the top of my head. I'm coming up mostly blank. Oh no no the uh, the auction for Niles jersey. Oh yeah. So uh, please, we should be putting this podcast up Wednesday morning. The auction ends Wednesday night. night, so please... Uh, you have to be there, don't you? Uh, I think that you... I think I read that you had to be there. Uh, well, if that is the case, please go online, look at uh, what Niall's doing in terms of uh, his auctioning off a jersey, a game-worn jersey, yeah. that uh, would be a really nice collectible for anybody who's looking to get one. Uh, auction it off for a great cause for the uh, the family and the... the uh, Dependence of uh, the detective who passed away, so that's it's phenomenal. And I, I, I I've heard her last name pronounced so many different ways. I don't want to try it, but her yeah, name's yeah. Deidre, and she was uh, it was a tragic loss. And that's really great that Niall's doing something like this to to help the family. So please go online. You can find it on Twitter. You can find it on Facebook. You can find it on the website for Lou City. But all the details about how you can uh, make your bid and uh, try to help that family that is that would be a great thing to do, and I strongly encourage it. Uh, I think that that is the team-related player uh, purple stuff that I have. Andy, you got anything? No. Martin, you got anything? No, I don't think so. All right, well, let's carry on. I got a little bit more Scouse's House purple stuff. <laughs> per- Scouse's House purple yeah. stuff. I'm sectioning this stuff. I like it. I'm sec. I like it. Man, I'm, you and I are going to fight one of these days. Um, it's... Scouse's House purple stuff. We've got uh, the general meeting, which the last time we spoke... Um, we didn't have the exact date or time of. Yeah. We now have the exact date and time of. So please come on out to the uh, My Malones in the Highlands where you will be able to enjoy really just perfect companionship between the uh, uh, supporters group and man. Um no, Scouts House is having its annual supporters meeting. We're going to be having the elections for who should be the officers. We're going to be uh, discussing what our charitable options will be for the year, what we want to do in terms of merch for the year, haircuts. what we want to do in terms of... Oh, I'll be offering haircuts to anybody who wants one. Okay. Um, and uh, we'll be doing uh, what away games we should be trying to make our trips to and stuff like that. Are so you... I don't remember last time we talked about it. Are you going to run for... No, no. <laughs> I I have a strong hunch that I'm going to be uh, bully boyed into doing the public relations role. Okay. Um, just because there's really only two things that are public relations for Scouse's House, and uh, you and I do one of them. Yeah. And that's hi. That's this podcast. Right. <laughs> so. Um, uh, I have a hunch that uh, if nobody else volunteers to run for that, that I'll be in charge of that. But okay. uh, I don't have any. I don't have any goal to run. Or I'll vote for you. I, I, you really don't need to. Okay. Like if if there is, I will not be putting my name forward. And so if uh, I'll, I'll put your name forward. That's what I was expecting. Right? <laughs> uh, then I'm putting your name forward to run against Scouse. You like you're gonna run to try to beat Scouse as the president of Scouse's house. That's intimidating right there. Win. That would be really depressing for everybody. For everybody. 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 <laughs> um, Martine, you are a Cooper. 
Yes. And uh, you are also, as are all the Coopers, completely welcome to join us that day. You don't have to be a Scouts Ass member to come enjoy a little bit of uh, Louisville City Football Club fellowship. But if you want to vote or if you want to uh, have a official say in any of the things that we're discussing, then you either need to buy a season ticket package in Scouse's house or buy an actual Scouse's house, I mean, in the uh, patio deck is what it's called if you call in to try to buy your season tickets, or buy a year-long membership for Scouse's house. Either one of those things will get you uh, voting privileges in all of the elections, etc., as well as whatever piece of merchandise we, uh, or whatever piece of official club, team, supporter group merch. Are you going to vote for Evan? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, God. You got two of them. I don't you even want two votes. supporters. This is crazy. It's, <laughs> this is how dictatorships are formed, man. Um, this is democracy is best. <laughs> I guess. Uh, but, no, it should be a really good time. It's going to be at 3 o'clock uh, to hopefully like 5 o'clock. That's Saturday, February the 2nd. And that means that uh, it's the day before Super Bowl Sunday is an easy way to remember it. Uh, come on out and test your liver, like stretch, yeah. uh, so that yeah. you can uh, be ready to go on Super Bowl Sunday. We'd like to see a huge turnout of the Scouts' House people this year. We know that between season ticket holders and paid memberships last year, we had over 300 people. Oh, wow. um, awesome. But uh, at our actual meeting, there were not nearly that. And so uh, we are hopeful that we're going to have a really nice turnout for people wanting to uh, have a voice in the direction that Scouse's house goes. Is David going to take another office? Uh, it's possible that David uh, David O'Connell has had discussions about running for the vacated vice presidential role. Wow! And so he may end up being the vice president, uh, or he may end up being nothing. Uh, he was undecided the last time I spoke to him. Maybe so. I should be vice president. Maybe you should. Honestly, vice president has like two important functions, and then beyond that, you just sort of... You know, show up to the game and help drum. Like that's basically that's basically it. Well, I have any rhythm, so. Well, you, you don't even have to do that. That's just what Kevin enjoyed doing. <laughs> so. Um, when's, uh, when's the Scouse House uh, merch come out? Uh, the Scouse House merch last year we had it by the third game of the season. Okay. I'm hopeful that we're gonna have the the merch for this year. Hopefully by game one, because we're gonna have a full month from the general meeting to the. Uh, so the game, first game of the season, a month and a week. So that should be enough time to get the merch out. Do I'm, you know what it looks like? No, I'm personally rooting it for. We haven't even decided what it's going to be. Remember, wow. remember, the design will undoubtedly have the Scouse's House crest, right, right, uh, which is a Union Jack in purple and gold with uh, Scouse's House written on it. Uh, it will likely also have our uh, motto in Latin, which I can't remember how to say in Latin at this moment because it's not in front of me and I haven't looked at it in a little bit. But it's uh, the Latin translation of uh, love always for the city. Mm-hmm. And uh, I imagine those things will be on uh, on the merch. I'm personally rooting for a hat. Why? Because, A, you don't need scarves. Everybody's got scarves. You don't wear scarves anywhere but to the game. And it's hot as hell. It's 95 degrees. Martin gets it. It's 95 <laughs> degrees. We don't need more scarves. We did t-shirts last year, and I liked the t-shirts, and they all got handed out, used, or collected, or sold. And so, great. The, the t-shirts were awesome. But eventually, you get enough of those, they start collecting somewhere, yeah. you know, and you just don't put them into rotation. I have a suggestion. Yeah? Parachute pants. That's one option. Uh, you'll need to get those priced for us so we know what kind of we'd be talking about in bulk. Okay. Um, I know a guy. 
but I know I'd kind of like I'd kind of like a ball cap because where we stand for seven o'clock kickoffs. Oh, it's awful. We got the sun right there, and this is the last year that will be the case yeah. because the following year the it's Coopers be will be stuck with the sun, you and we will be. You'll know our you'll know our strength and uh, <laughs> the sun, and we will in fact be on the opposite end of the pitch, and so. Uh, uh, but for this last year, I think it'd be a really good idea to have the ball caps because it's easy, and also because people wear them that aren't just to the game. You know what? It's decisions like that that make me want to vote for you. Oh, for God's <laughs> sakes! To be fair, to be fair, it was Scouse's idea, and so uh, there's also talk about sunglasses and actually doing like those sunglasses where you can print a, a design oh, on the lenses. There. I do too. I think it's classier. Like but it's it's a question of cheapness, also. Uh, there's been discussions about maybe it should be a visor. There's been discussions about maybe we should do. Uh, um, I'm trying to remember. There were a couple of other like some lanyard ideas. I don't know, man. No. There, there yeah, are ideas. Yeah, you go ahead. Go ahead. Um, but like we'll we'll have discussions about it at the meeting. If you have, want to weigh in, pro or con hat, then you'll have that opportunity. Okay. Do and I need to prepare like a PowerPoint? I I would like you to prepare an interpretive dance of some kind. Well, I mean. That's a given. Uh Um, Honestly, I'm sure there will be a computer available because our tech wizard, Kenny Allward. Uh, The young, vibrant Kenny Allward. Handsome Kenny Allward. Yeah. Uh, The the wonderful Kenny Allward uh, will probably be putting up statistics about how many members we had and how many games and all that jazz because he does that kind of thing. Um, So I imagine we'll have all that. Um, Kenny is amazing in a lot of ways, but in particular, we're fond of him for being amazing in the last couple of weeks where, uh, we went through some personal tragedy in the Scouse's house family mm-hmm. as, uh, our, our president, our leader, our poobah, our man, uh, Scouse, Michael Bromelow, his, uh, mother passed away. Uh, he's been out of the country for quite some time while he's been helping his family go through this uh, and support each other during this time of uh, sadness for them. Uh, I'm sure that uh, many of our listeners have lost parents and siblings. I know that uh, my partner Andy has lost his uh, his mother, and uh, I don't have the words to try to talk to people about that sort of thing because I don't think that unless you've been through it, you have that. You, you can't wrap your head around it. Uh, but I know that uh, Scouse has been struggling with it, and to do something nice, Kenny Allward uh, stepped up, rallied some of the Scouse's House leadership troops together, and uh, made donations in the name of uh, Scouse's mother to mm-hmm. the local children's hospital. Yeah. Uh, she, I think we ended up donating, I don't have the number. Do you have the number? There's a lot. Uh, a couple hundred, I believe, yeah. uh, teddy bears to the children's hospital that she occasionally volunteered at, yes. and that uh, was right down the road from where she lived in Liverpool, and so uh, that that uh, children's hospital got a donation from Scouse's house uh, in her name for uh, uh, a lot of teddy bears for a lot of children who mm-hmm. uh, might otherwise not have gotten some Christmas gifts and stuff like that. So. We're really proud to have gotten to participate in that. We're really thrilled that Kenny pulled all that together. We also did, you know, flowers and all of that jazz. But uh, mainly, it's nice to be a part of an organization where people think of stuff like that. And uh, Kenny, serious kudos to you on that. And uh, Scouse, I know everybody here in this podcast, uh, our hearts go out to you. And uh, trust that when you get back home, you're uh, as healed as you can be. But know that we'll be ready with a beer and a hug when you get home. So... Sadness. Let's let's uh yeah. let's try to pump it back up now. Whew. 
Martine. Yes. <laughs> Let's ask Martine some questions. Yeah, dude. Tom. <laughs> this isn't a question so much as like a, a an, an like an admission. Okay. Your podcast is named something cooler than ours. Yeah, it's true. It just is. How did you guys decide on podcast luchador? S- sub question: Do you wear luchador masks during <laughs> said podcast? No, I kind of wish that I did though. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, Jorge approached me, um, and we discussed making the podcast, um, and I think we came up with a name in order to reach out a Hispanic community. Sure. Because um, I feel like that's something that we don't see enough of at the games, is um, I feel like the, the outreach to the Latino community hasn't been that great. Strong agree. But... Um, Hopefully, that's one step towards uh, bringing in more uh, diversity and Hispanics to the yeah. games. Well, I think that it's it's wonderful. Uh, I, I tried briefly to get somebody to do a Romanian language podcast with me for that same reason, and nobody would go along. No, I, I'm, I'm kidding. Jorge, it's, uh, Jorge does an awesome job of being a representative of the Lucidity fan base. And uh, Martin, I think that the podcast in general is such a good idea that it makes me angry that it hadn't already been started. Like that's because you're exactly right. I think it's cool that you went full Spanish. Like you do the entire podcast in Spanish. Like it would have been too easy to do it in English, to call it what it is, talk about what you talk about in English. You mean like, I like the commitment of doing it in Spanish. I think that really drives it home. Yeah. Like we, we wanted to kind of just, try the just full-blown Spanish thing, but uh, try to bring in more people, you know, um, that might have trouble with English, you know, and mm-hmm. so that way they can see, hey, there's um, Latinos out there that go to the games and they might come out. Yeah. Well, I, I, I play at Mockingbird in an adult rec league, and I would say that... Uh, an enormous proportion of the people that I'm playing against on a weekly basis are Latino or Hispanic. And I'm always surprised that I don't see a larger percentage of uh, the Latino community in Lou City Games. What do you think it is? Where do we think we're falling short in trying to reach that uh, that demographic? Gosh, that's, that's a That was a one. big question. Yeah, <laughs> Jorge, fix this problem. Ready, go. Martin, fix this problem. Andy, fix this problem. Uh, Good luck. <laughs> I think that just a combination of just marketing, um, just savvy marketing towards that specific market, you know, just... I, I feel like there's even people that don't even know that the yeah, team exists. Right. You know? Have you have we talked to the club at all about this? Have they approached you and Jorge about uh, ways to improve this this particular outreach? No, um, I think that we kind of started getting the wheels turning mm-hmm. with the podcast, but so, which is an awesome start. We'd certainly like to keep it moving, build some momentum, and hopefully uh, be able to concentrate and reach out to those folks. 
I'd love to see some billboards mm-hmm. in Spanish. I'd love to see uh, maybe some of the commercials that we do. You're seeing more and more of the commercials on yeah. local TV right now, which I think is great. And I think doing a couple of those in Spanish might be a nice touch. Uh, I, I don't know what the overall business plan for the team is in terms of uh, how they are going to approach these things, but I do know that... Uh, if you just look at the soccer community that if you are ignoring the Latino and Hispanic communities, you're just, you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot. That's, that's a bad business decision in terms of who would enjoy coming to the games. Uh, plus you get to meet awesome people like Martine, which come (laughs) on Martine. What do you do when you're not, uh, when you're not doing podcasts and when you're not coming to loose city games? Well, um, Usually, I'll go up to Columbus, Indiana, which is where my family lives. Okay. okay. So, um, we make that trip quite often, or we go to Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. That's where her family is from, so... And what brought you guys to Louisville? Well, uh, I don't know. Like, I lived there, and she lived there. We actually met online. Nice. Nice. So, <laughs> I love so, that. The information age, dude, I'm <laughs> telling you. Yeah, and, uh, so... Geographically, Louisville was center. Yeah. Is center. Nice. So it just makes it easier. And you guys both work here? Neither of you work here? You guys both? Yeah, um, we both uh, work in Louisville, and uh, we just bought a house in Shelbyville. And is she as into the the soccer uh, scene as you are? Yeah, she actually, the first year, um, for my birthday, she got me tickets to the game. And I was just hooked. Nice. Yeah. Uh, did she get your tickets in the Cooper section, or did you guys eventually migrate that way? Actually, we had um, middle um, the middle section. Okay. Um, and just seeing both sides, you know, the noise and mm-hmm. and obviously the smoke just attracts you. Oh yeah, just, it's like hook a you. magnet. It's like you just want to be there, you know. And I, I don't disagree. Uh, and then, uh, how did you become a soccer fan in the first place? Were you a fan before you started going to Loose City Games, or were you, or were you not? <laughs> well, well, you know, in um, a lot of Latin America, I mean, that's that's all you watch is sure anything that's sports related mm-hmm. to soccer. I yeah. Mean, ever since that, as long as I can remember, that's what I've watched. And, and did you support a specific team? Um, well, Liga uh, in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Chivas was, okay. was a big team, and um, there's a few others like Querétaro. But you're not, you're not, you were never just a diehard of any one team until uh, until you found the Purples. Accurate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Uh, which yeah. which leads me, and I hate segueing at all because I'm still we're coming back to more Martin. But Andy, how is your search for a team coming? Have you found a team to support yet, or are you still in the exploratory phases? So, after our interview with Niall, I started really thinking about Liverpool. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. I thought, you know what? Maybe he's right. Liverpool. Liverpool might be the way to go. And then I watched... (laughs) I'm so sorry for everything I'm about to say, Evan. I hate you so much right now. I watched the Liverpool Arsenal game. Yeah, no, I, I watched that too. And it was I was I'm gonna tell you I was conflicted because I knew that you I, like I wanted the Gunners to 
to do it for you. I appreciate that. Okay. Those first 10 minutes were awesome. And then it just, that was not the case. No. And the last, <clears throat> the last 80 were not as good. So I'm still out because part of me, uh, it would be easy for me to root to, to, it would be to jump on the main city train because of family ties. It would be easy to go on, to, to jump on Liverpool because Scouse's house. Scout, you know, and, uh, but at the same token, it'd be easier to jump on Arsenal because of you, right? Like, so I think I think maybe instead you just, just zig five. when everybody zagged and root with root for Shivas with uh, with Martin. <laughs> All right. Well, like the thing about me and like who I root for is I'm not I'm not always rooting for a specific team here lately. I've been rooting for a player. Okay. Oh. So for example, right. and I'll probably get kicked out of here, but um, like. Liverpool just lost in the FA Cup. Yes, they did. I was actually rooting for Wolves. Oh, yeah. really? Because Jimenez. Okay. He's a Mexican player. Yeah, he is. Okay. So I kind of follow the players, the Mexican players. That play internationally. Europe. So, for example, I'll cheer for uh, West Ham and, uh, and a couple other clubs. All right. So. And then, uh, are were you uh, were you born in Mexico? No, I was born in um, Los Angeles. Okay, California. Really? I've How never, I've, I've, I've never heard East. of that. Oh gosh, is that, a, is that a small town? <laughs> Does that happen a lot? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, actually, I always consider my parents like a modern day nomads. Okay, they always move wherever work was. So, yeah, like I'm a first generation American. Mm-hmm. Oh so, wow! So, like my parents immigrated to LA, and they, and uh, they. They lived there, and uh, from there, uh, they actually, when kind of work dried up and cost of living was way too much, mm-hmm. um, they actually moved to Florida. Really? And they actually worked the fields out there, uh, picking wow. oranges, strawberries. That's and, tough work, too. And, and it's funny because my brother was born in Florida, and then from there, they went to Virginia. Yeah. And um, we were there for for most of my life. We were in Virginia, and uh, my sister was born there. And from there, <laughs> they moved out to Indiana. As you so, do. Right. Because <laughs> like, Indiana is the crossroads of America. Because <laughs> Virginia had the agricultural work. Sure. Yeah. And then Indiana um, had the automotive, just yeah. industrial work so that's how you end up in Columbus and then my littlest brother was born there and I joke with my parents I'm like you guys can't move again because well they could have keep having siblings oh, they, they could have <laughs> named you after the places that you were born you could have been Angelo and you could have had a sister named Virginia and a brother <laughs> named Indy but uh, that's uh, that's that's great um oh the question I was gonna ask is then you're a first generation American yes when the U.S. national team plays against the Mexican national team, oh no! What's the uh, oh, what's no. the what's the rooting oh, what's the rooting interest for you? Right yeah, well, that's the it's the. <laughs> I'm sure that as a soccer fan, that's a question that uh, who is legitimately of both nations. Yeah. Uh, that that's a question that you've got to get all the time. I mean. Uh, yeah, I mean, I root for Mexico. Um, sure. But when we're not playing the U.S., I mean, I always root for. Root for the U.S., so I completely I mean, understand that. Yeah, like uh, I mean, being from both nations or having ties, you can go ahead and you say, you're, say from you're from both nations. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, 
it, it's really interesting because there's like a gray area and I'm just kind of feel like I'm stuck in the middle. Well, I remember the the controversy with Landon Donovan about being rooting for Mexico when you're oh, uh, yeah. when you're part of the American team. And here's the thing to me is I I don't care. Like I if I'm if the team that I support, whatever team that is, and yeah, I support US men's national team, but I mean whatever team I'm supporting, uh, if they can't win, I root for good soccer. Yeah. Unless we're talking about Tottenham, I always root for Tottenham to lose. <laughs> but other than that, I root for good soccer. And so uh, that's—I've never had any objection. I didn't have any problem when Donovan said he was rooting for Mexico. I don't have any objection to anybody rooting for multiple teams. If Andy said, "Hey, I'm you know, forty uh, percent German and I'm going to root for the German national team," I wouldn't have any problem with that. Uh, but especially for somebody you know a generation mm-hmm. removed, yeah. it's like, come on. What part of Mexico were your parents from? Uh, my mom's from Michoacan. Um, it's near nice. Acapulco. Yeah. And uh, my dad's from Querétaro. Okay. Which, um, last time I went to Mexico, I was like 13. And, like, just seeing the two differences is just insane. Like, where my mom is from, there's, like, just dirt roads. I mean, it's a very poverty-stricken um, place. And, like, where my dad's from, it's like a big city. So. Yeah. It's just insane the how different it is. I don't have much uh, to contribute to a conversation about Mexico. I'm realizing <laughs> that while I was sitting here thinking about you know my yeah. experiences with the nation of Mexico. How far outside of which one is closer to Jalisco? I'm not familiar with that. Is that mm-hmm. a Neither town or a city? Or? Yeah, it's a city. He asked because of tequila. Yeah. Because Andy sells oh, a great okay. deal of tequila. There's there's a region called Tierra Caliente. Yeah. And that's where that's yeah. the part of and Michoacan is part of that. Yeah. yeah. How far <laughs> sorry. No no no. We <laughs> we could we could literally get out a map for the questions you're asking Martine right now. I'm just curious. Um Alright. So we've established You've made it to America. Your family has made it to America. You've rooted for specific teams your entire life. You root for the players from Mexico internationally who are playing in different international leagues at this point. But when you're rooting for Louisville City, do you have, and I ask because I tweeted something about this yesterday, so I've got a purpose, but uh, do you have uh, superstitions? Do you have, uh, do you have anything that you've got to do on game day that you can't do on game day? Anything like that that you've got? If you do, you're in right. You're in good company. <laughs> and, and if you don't, then I'll just consider you sane. <laughs> Gosh, I really can't think of one. But honestly, it's probably just because it's just a routine. Yeah. That I probably don't even think about it. Yeah. What do you wear on game day, Martin? Well, I I do have an outfit. We're <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talking. So it's it's just like a pair of my gray shorts. Um, Purple and gold shoes. Um, my what brand? They're uh, Chucks. Okay, oh, that's cool. Now our friend uh, Jared Englert, one of the people who's been on this podcast, another Scouts House member, and a player that I'll be joining at Mockingbird here in about an hour and a half. Um, he bought a pair of purple and gold uh, customized shoes that he did. And what are his? Are his Adidas? Aren't they? Yeah, they're Adidas. Yeah. I don't know. I went on a website and found that you could design your own vans for super cheap. Pumas does it too. And in a perfect purple and gold. Yeah. With and you can do the black. Yeah. I, I'm 
I'm halfway tempted to pull his the trigger on some bands. His Adidas are awesome because on, on the, the inside it says Go City. Oh nice. on, the, <laughs> on the tongue and on the uh, and on the sole. Yeah, I think on mine, like on the heel, the backside it says Loose City on. Nice. See, that's awesome. I I think I might. That, that may might be. My be next investment. I need to get a pair of customized game day Loose shoes. City game yeah. day shoes. Although. I'm afraid I'm going to have to stick with the game day shoes that have won us two straight freaking championships. I don't know how you... And that's that's the other bit to me about buying a new jersey is what am I supposed to do, man? The problem is I bought my my game day jersey, which is the white and gold hoops. Uh, I bought my game day jersey, and when we got it, I was 40 pounds lighter than I am now, and it's starting to get uncomfortable, like game day. And so the decision is buy a new jersey or lose weight, and buying a new jersey is way easier. <laughs> start doing push-ups, bro. Push-ups, that's all it takes? Yeah, dude. Thanks, man. Um, so I am considering going with a full year agreement on facial hair for the team. So I saw that on Twitter. When we, yeah. went, when we went on our run, I already had a, my normal day-to-day beard. Yeah. But the day we won our first game before the playoffs, I didn't shave. I didn't trim. And we won that game. And then we won 11 straight games to finish the season out. And so over the course of essentially 12 weeks. And so I didn't shave for that entire time period. And I ended up pretty burly by the end there. I'm thinking I'm going to agree to that for the entirety of this season. That any time we go on any kind of uh, non-winning, uh, not even a winning streak, just a no-losing streak, so all, the ties are fine, uh, I won't trim. Yeah. And so if we have a, uh, like a, I don't know, 15-game unbeaten streak, I don't think that's unreasonable to expect no. from our boys. I think they can do that sort of deal. That I will, uh, I'll let it ride. And if we happen to have an Arsenal-esque Invincible season and didn't drop a game all year, then I would have quite the uh, coiffure. Yeah, I'm not sure. Year. Do we still have pictures of you? So, the, so what? Oh, they what exist. Are you still called the year? Is I am is still. That? that is. I have gotten some questions about that. On so the, when we. How old are we? We were in our 20s. We were still in our 20s. I was 27. Evan was convinced, convinced that he was going to write a book. (laughs) (laughs) Let's back back that train up for a second. So in 2007, I competed in a, uh, I competed or participated in an event called Whiskerino. Yes. Which was a a group of uh, men founded by a guy named Mackle. In uh, his actually, I don't know, Michael Eads in Nashville, Tennessee, yeah. who uh, decided that they were going to do four months of no shaving. So rather than just do no shave November, they would carry it out until the end of February. So from November for from the end of October until the beginning of March, no shaving, and uh, they would do it as a team, as a group, and they would post pictures online proving that they hadn't shaved. They had to post a picture within three days each time showing that they hadn't shaved it off. And this was before beards became mainstream. Significantly before beards became mainstream. That hadn't really occurred until 2010, 2012. No, that is, I will will agree with that. And so it was unusual to see guys with big beards at this time frame. 
And uh, I've always been uh, adept at growing facial hair, and I was excited to participate in this. And so I did in 2007. I had a lot of fun with it. They have a party at the end, and they give prizes for who had the best pictures and best beard and best everything. It was a blast. And then in 2009, they did it every other year. So in 2009, I was going to participate again, and they decided it was going to be the last one because it was becoming too popular. They couldn't handle the server space for the mm -hmm. 600 people wow. internationally yeah. who were now participating in this. And so they said, this is the last one. And I said, if this is going to be the last one, I'm going to grow a year, a beard for a year. I'm going to grow a yeard. And I started a blog about it, and uh, I gave it the old college try. You did? I made it about seven and a half months, yeah. eight it months. It was magnificent and <laughs> also <laughs> gross. It was, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And I had some fun ideas about how I was going to try to turn it into a yeah. book. I actually approached a publishing house about it, and it was a fun thing. But uh, ended up that my grandmother passed away and so. in the middle of the summer when it was about 180 degrees. And my, they asked me to be a pallbearer, and my mom didn't want me to have the beard, and it was really hot anyway, and so she didn't have to fight me too much on it, and I shaved. So I didn't make it, but I had a lot of fun with it, and uh, it was amazing. I and mean, that's how I got the Twitter, the Twitter account. That's where my year, my uh, my year. name comes from. It was great because, like he said, it was before beards were a huge thing. Yeah. And really what we're talking about is hipsters, right? Like, it was right. before that whole <laughs> Frankly, wave. Frankly, the entire Whiskerino crowd was essentially like, here's the birth of hipsters. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is where hipsters come have, from. You may have birthed hipsters in Louisville. I, I may have been amongst the original Louisville hipsters. And he got some attention for it, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. We had some good nights. We had a lot of that fun. That were, that were. It was a conversation. It was a catalyst for it. Yeah, absolutely. As a single man, it was a nice conversation stimulator, and people were either really into the beard or really not into the beard. <laughs> but it was nice not having a gray area. <laughs> yeah. <know? laughs> like, so this is clear. Really not happening tonight. Right. No, yeah, or, absolutely. Or I don't even have to do anything. I just have to not shave before the end of the night, and this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it was easy. It was um, a lot of fun. Man, this took a turn. It did. Here's the thing, <laughs> though. One of my, and it's one of my favorite aspects of fandom, and especially in soccer. Like, let's, you know, soccer fans. It's a whole different breed of fan. I feel like, unlike just mm -hmm. like collectively it's just a whole other thing it is and one of my favorite parts about it is the rituals that you have i mean when during the playoffs i wore the same thing for every playoff game every game to yeah. a point that it was like kind of sticky right like <laughs> <laughs> well especially by the time you made it to the eastern conference finals there was a lot of drinking going yeah, on in these you had games there's a lot of like partying sweat right. there's like and it was like i can't wash these clothes because the luck will fall right. Out of like, them. what happens if I ruin it? Like, yeah. that's, you know, it's the butterfly Can't be your fault. Effect. Like, what? Um, so it's always fun to ask people what their rituals are and what their yeah, and what their like what they do because it's weird that it's either I've never heard a lot of in between. I either hear people say no, nah, I don't really have one, or I hear people say, oh, well, I have to wear this and this and this and I have to do. Right. Are you going with the exact same shorts to start the new year, or are you uh, going to try to have a new, a no. twenty nineteen uniform? Everything new, or everything's the same. <laughs> everything's the same. <laughs> yeah. Which is the risk of buying the new kit, yeah. even though the new kits are going to be awesome, and I'm buying one. Yeah. It's just a matter of whether or not I can wear them on game well, days. Well, I mean, U.S. Open Cup might be the place to wear that. 
and try to yeah. like uh, break yeah, it yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Break it in. Well, I bought so when I bought the third kit, I wore it to a game and we lost. Mm-hmm. That's so you can't wear that again. If you wear it as well, the first uh, game you wear your stuff to and they lose, it's not a game day outfit. I wore it, we lost, <laughs> and then I was like. And so the next game I wore it again because it was a good like it's it's a it's good a great kit great, like it's yeah. good. It and looked I good wore it again, and no, I think we we drew the first time I wore it, and then a lot, and then we lost for the second time. And I was like, well, I can't ever wear this again, right? But the thing is, I'm still gonna buy the. Third <laughs> <kit>. <laughs> yeah. But you can wear it to the grocery. You know? Yeah. So, exactly. uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, let's let's zip through right now uh, the the midfield and how their performances looked last year. Oh right, we have to do that. Yeah, because yeah. we've got a thing still to do. Yeah. We got distracted by traditions and by beards and all kinds of stuff. Um, really, the only players that I'm going to, for the purposes of this conversation, <coughs> consider uh, central midfielders are James Sands, who yeah. we brought in on loan from New York City, yeah. um, uh, Paolo Del Piccolo, the yeah. captain. Uh, Speedy Williams, and because he finished the year mainly playing as a central midfielder, we're going to call Niall McCabe that. Because otherwise, on the next podcast when we do attacking midfielders, we'll have to spend an hour doing attacking yeah. midfielders. So, Because there are that many of them. Um, James Sands only played four games for us. He played great. He mostly played in that number six spot that we talked about with Sean Tosh. Maybe, hopefully, I'd love to see him in that spot. But anyway... Um, He'd be perfect for that spot. He would. And James Sands played really well there. As an 18-year-old coming in, playing against grown men, uh, the through ball that he played to Luke Spencer, to me, was still maybe the pass of the year. Um, He looked comfortable. He looked confident. And I have a great deal of uh, hope for his future. Uh, He was a really nice-looking young player. It's a shame that we're not going to have him next year. Even in the few games that he played in that spot, you saw the progression of how of him like stepping up to the physicality that that spot demands. Agreed, agreed. He he figured out the league a little bit better yeah. as he went along. Uh, didn't get a ton of playing time in the MLS, and so getting to come in and get four straight games playing for USL squad, uh, I think it showed New York because he ended up going back and starting the next game mm-hmm. when he got back. Uh, showed them what he's really capable of yeah. if you put him in a spot to succeed. He was a lot of fun to watch. Do you remember uh, your opinions of uh, James when he showed up, Martin? Um, not really. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really. Young man. Young man. Yeah, that's. I think that's the thing that really stood out is how young he was. Mm. And I think when we had gotten um, Hackworth, we kind of, ex- well, I kind of expected him to bring on some um, not only fresh legs, but maybe some younger players. Yeah. With the history that he had with the youth. Yeah. Um, and it was great to see him do that. Yeah. He oh he was phenomenal. Sands was. Yeah, he great. was great. He was a lot of fun to watch, and I thought he fit the system well. And what the position he played, Paolo sort of inherited. Yeah. Which is tough because let's call a spade a spade. All right. So Paolo had. Uh, Four goals and three assists on the season. Mm-hmm. But that's not really his role. Um, Paolo and Speedy together, who also had three and three, I believe, for Speedy mm-hmm. Williams. Three goals, three assists on the season. Uh, on the year, over the last two years, there hasn't been a better midfield partnership 
somebody wrote that recently and I read it and I, that's why it's sticking in my head right now. I want to give credit to him, but I can't remember if it was uh, if it was one of the Coopers or if it was somebody else. So uh, somebody out there in Loose City Land wrote this and it's completely true. There has not been a better midfield pairing yeah. than Paolo Del Piccolo and Speedy Williams. They control the middle of the field. As they go, Lou City has gone, and they have had entire stretches of seasons where they were what they were the engine of the best team in North American soccer, results wise. Yeah, and so they were both brilliant players. Paolo, as the we got towards the playoffs last year, Paolo slid back to play more of that defensive role. And he played it brilliantly. Yeah. The uh, the nutmeg between the legs sliding tackle in the championship game is a, is a particular highlight when he slid and pulled the ball back behind his leg. Uh, come on. Yeah. Uh, but beyond that, he's just such a steadying presence. You get the idea in the post-game press conferences. You get the idea when they're walking on the field and off the field. You got the feeling when he was named to be one of the triumvirate that uh, these that this is a man that they respect, and take Paco out of it. The fact that Paolo de Piccolo can't find uh, a club that needs what he does well, that is of a higher division than ours, yeah. is baffling to me. Yeah. Paolo de Piccolo is a mid to late twenties stalwart. He's yeah. just consistent. He is talented. He's a rock. He doesn't make the bad mistake. Yeah. And he's just a calming influence on the field. You feel like when he gets the ball, like he's going to make the right decision with it, make the right pass, make the right tackle. He's not going to slide in when he doesn't have to. He's not going to play out of his mind. What was Paolo during the press conference leading up to the final who kind of he basically said like I'm looking forward to playing drag but basically because he wanted a piece of him right yeah, like it yeah. was Paolo who was like bring it yeah and he's not scared of anybody he's yeah. got a little bit of uh, that swagger to him which is fun and he's he's an ideal captain for a team like this and getting to have him back for another year this year is unbelievably lucky for yeah. this squad cuz he's he's what you need we mentioned that Speedy Williams is the only player who who played for the squad last year whose future is still in doubt, in, in question. Yeah. He could be back. He could not be. He could go up, could go down, could retire, could play in Jamaica, Mexico, could play in Europe, could play in Canada. He's got a lot of freaking options. Yeah. And he's been excellent, and he's crazy young. For in our heads, he's won three straight USL championships because yeah. he won the two with us and he won the one with New York. Uh, but so in my head, he's like 28 or 29 years old, but he's not. I think he's 24 or 25. Wow. He's still a very young man and uh, an excellent player. He's still getting called up to Jamaican national team on the regular. He's got a bright future if that's what he wants. And if he doesn't come back, I'll always appreciate what he gave us for two years. Yeah. And if he does come back, He'll be excellent, and so let's let's just throw that out there right now. I want Speedy Williams back because the team will be excellent. I'm a little worried about what that would do in terms of the development of Jose Carranza. Yeah. I'm also a little curious about how that would affect the positionality of Niall McCabe and of Napo Matoso. Mm-hmm. Like that, I don't know what it'll mean if we bring him back other than that he'll be excellent and we will be excellent. And so it might not... He 
undeniably would make Lou City a better team next year than if he's not here next year. But he might slow down the development of guys who will make us better in 2020 right. and 2021. Uh, just because there's a glut of, of midfielders who've got to find minutes. Yeah. And so I don't have any objection to him moving on, even though he was one of the best players on the field last year and the year before and would be again next year. But I don't feel like we could keep him long term. And so if he needs to move on now, I think that we don't – now is maybe the best time for us if he needed to move on. That's pure personal speculation. Uh, Andy, what did you think about the partnership between Paolo and Speedy over the last two years if we don't see it again? What did it mean to you as a novice soccer fan? Even as a novice, like you can tell. Like you can watch, even as a not like – you can still get a sense of who is most effective at doing what, just by watching like the flow of a game and like when you're, and especially from Seattle's house, as close as we are, you really get a sense of. It. I mean, Speedy scored two goals in the game against the Red Bulls, and mm-hmm. two beautiful goals. <laughs> yeah. um, Vitally important to yeah. seal that game and move us on. <clears throat> so there's no. You know, there, there's just, even to somebody who doesn't have that kind of, the casual fan, that not just Speedy and not just Palo, but the two of them together, it's a distinct, like, whoa. It was a great partnership. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All right. Speedy and Paolo. And then the final piece that we want to talk about is Nile. Nile also put in four goals this year, yeah. had four assists this year. Our, our, our midfield had very similar statistics. <laughs> Uh, Niall had a great season, particularly the way he finished. He's our lone centurion. He was our most recent player interview, so he's fresh in our minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's coming back. He's the only remaining player from the inaugural season who will be playing for Lou City in 2019. Did you see him the stuff from uh, him and Sean Francis with the Globetrotters? Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that? that, was that was Did you see how much backspin he oh had? Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. It was beautiful. Uh he is, he's one of those tweeners. I think that's the best term for him is he's a tweener. He doesn't have a perfectly, this is your position on the field. And we talked to him about it a little bit, about how he sort of fits wherever you need him yeah. to fit. He can be a wing. He can be a central midfielder. He can be an attacking midfielder. He can be what you need him to be on any given day. He doesn't have that glorious pace that some of the other guys do. So you're not seeing him burning down the wings. And he doesn't have that like uh, laser finish that some of the other guys do. But you see him putting in shots from 18 yeah. yards out. You see him in the right place at the right time. You see him with a nice first touch, which yeah. is one of maybe my favorite things about Niall, was I always felt if the ball came into him, whether it was hot or cold or however it was getting there, that he was going to be able to do with it what he wanted on the first touch. And then making that first read, yeah. sort of that decision, I love seeing Niall in that. And when he moved into that midfield position, that central midfield role, as we got towards the playoffs, that was maybe the catalyst for us going on to winning that championship. And it was Niall, uh, Speedy basically lost his spot because he went to the national team. Yeah. He went to the national team for a game, or for two games. Niall played great in that role, and Hackworth was just like, hey, I can't, how do you mess with this? Yeah. And so he basically stayed there. And I'll be interested to see where he comes out playing this year. We've got so many attacking options that I'm not sure Niall breaks that 
he, I'm not sure he gets into that sort of top Full five yeah. layer. And so he maybe will have to have an extra season of that uh, playing in the midfield with Paolo, but he did so well in it as a pivot that mm-hmm. I've got no objection to him playing there. Martin, what did you think watching Nile down the stretch on part <laughs> of that championship run? I felt like... Um, I felt like the moves that they they were all really like zeroed in and just focused and just like everybody was just dialed in like I felt like everybody was just like what, what was that streak that they had was it 10 games yeah up to the playoffs everyone was just dialed in and just ready to just focused. And well, and so much of that has got to be that leadership that Niall brings in that role of being with Lou City for four years, of being the only guy with 100-plus caps for the squad still, uh, being a steadying presence. And he's a little fiery, which is nice yeah. out there on the field. He's, But he's also always under control. Like, I never see him running around chasing the ball. Right. Which, when you think of, like, fiery, temperamental players, that's what you maybe think. And I've, that's not been my impression mm-hmm. of him as a player. And you're right. They just all dialed in at the exact right time. And I thought that Niall taking on that position was maybe a big part of that. I'll be curious this coming season who of the midfielders plays centrally with Paolo? Uh, again, it might be a question of, do you put a Tosh or a McMahon in that sort of defensive midfielder role? Or do you slide uh, Paolo all the way back and then bring an extra like George Davis mm-hmm. or a... Uh, Napo Matoso or Jose yeah. Carranza and let them play sort of a creative role in front of Paolo. It's good. John Hackworth's got his money cut out for him this year yeah. in terms of making decisions because what we've got here is a Swiss Army Knife team of guys who fit a whole bunch of roles. And it'll be interesting to see what he does with all of them. Yeah. Because with the exception of, you know, Luke Spencer and Dobro and maybe Oscar Jimenez, everybody can do a lot of things. Like, everybody can do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And so deciding where we're going to be best with all of them is going to be huge for this upcoming season. Yeah. Let's touch briefly on the schedule, and then we'll uh, we'll let everybody go home for the night. Do we just read it off? Uh, No, no. I'm just going to read it off. Let's let's not do that. (laughs) Um, Just real quick. Sure. I wanted to say, like, seems like we have a lot of depth and once we kind of get players rotated and meshed and kind of figuring out the key positions Mm -hmm. where we have several players i don't think it's crazy that we could go after the u.s open cup i don't either it'll be a pure question to me of when do we figure it out uh, and also matchups. I mean, so much of it is matchups. You could end up with a second round U.S. Open Cup match against, you know, uh, accidentally you could end up with that matchup being against somebody like Philadelphia, right. you know, just randomly. So some of it's going to be matchups. Right. But, and also, we're not going to catch anybody by surprise this year. Last year, uh, D.C., or not sorry, not D.C., New England played uh, a. B minus lineup against us, mm-hmm. thinking, eh, it's a USL team. Yeah. They wouldn't do that to us this year. No. Nobody's going to send us their B minus lineup <laughs> thinking know. it's a given they're going to make it through. Which is a compliment. 
it is a compliment, but it's also going to make the run tougher. But I, I, I agree with you, and I think that it's going to make an open cup run easier on us with this kind of depth. Whereas last year, we just sort of had to play whoever was healthy. Yeah. And this year, we'll be able to make some choices about who gets the minutes and who doesn't and who's playing well in league and who's not, uh, who hasn't been getting the minutes that needs to, that sort of thing. Uh, it'll just be curious. I, I would love to see an open cup run. I've, I'm on record as saying that more than anything, I'd like to see us win the Shield this year, yeah. a regular season title, and especially this year where the schedule breaks down to actually be a home and away against everybody in our conference so that it's a legit title. Uh, Eastern Conference versus Western Conference, okay, there's nothing we can do about that. Right. But in terms of in our, in our conference, we're going to play everybody twice, once at home and once away. The person who comes away with the most points will undeniably have been the best team in the regular season, which wasn't the case up until this year because it's always been an unbalanced schedule. Games that I'm already excited about, July 6th. Here we go. This is, to me, is the premier matchup. First off, you're talking July 6th. So it's right after the 4th of July. People are going to be throwing 4th of July parties because that's the Saturday, you know? July 6th, home game, welcome home, Cameron Lancaster. Yeah. Ooh, Nashville yeah. on July 6th. It's premier summer party time, and we're welcoming Cameron Lancaster back into our home. And I'll be, this is be, going to be our first real chance to show what kind of reception we give to a former star. Yeah. Aiden Quinn and uh, Kadeem Dakers were both good players for us, but not phenomenal players for us. And both of them went to Cincinnati, and so of course we were going to hate them when they came back. Right. Like that was right. Nashville is a marginal rival, and Cameron is a enormous star. So I'll be curious what kind of reception he gets when he comes back on the field. I think that it's going to be a lot of cheering and a lot of welcoming him home. Absolutely, I know that I will be, but barring whatever happens for the remainder of this season, like if Cam Lancaster comes out with a full heel turn. Like, screw it. And he's just, like, cursing Lou City every, after every match. Like, I can't believe you guys didn't pay me that $8 million I wanted, or whatever it is. Uh, then, barring that, I expect it to be a really warm welcome home for Cameron. Yeah, I'll, I'll cheer him until that uh, whistle one. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. But, I mean, you know, even players who were stars in Europe in particular, if you were a star for a team and were a homegrown player... They'll boo you every time you touch the ball <laughs> yeah. if you come back for some other team, especially if it's a rival. So uh, that game in particular strikes my fancy, and also because it's coming right off of an indie game. Yeah. So that's a big stretch. <clears throat> that's what I was going to say. After our interview with Niall, mm-hmm. the way he talked about Ilya, yeah. and how even surprised he was, Yeah. That's the game that I want to see. And they've got so many former Cincinnati players on that team. Yeah. And and that, again, and I've said it every pod and I won't harp on it here, but that needs to be the premier USL rivalry going forward. And uh, They've set it up to be that. And I hate that the game we're playing against them at home is a Friday night game. Is that right, Andy? That when they come to town to face Uh, us, it's a Friday night game. Oh, please. Oh, man. Talk amongst yourselves. Oh, I'm fairly confident that <laughs> when they come to us, lot. they play The first us. time we play them is before that. No, the first time we play them is 
Saturday, June 29th. Okay, and then so the... At Lucas Oil. Right, and that's the game before we play Nashville. Yes. And then we play them... At uh, home. At home on a Friday. On Friday, seven. what time? What day is that? Uh, August 30th. August. So we play them twice in a month, essentially. Yeah. Uh, no, that's two months. It's a good, good gap. That's getting on towards the end of the year. Uh, I'll be curious what it looks like when Birmingham comes to town, because mm-hmm. that's a Chandler-Hoffman game. Yeah. And that's also a game uh, that we don't know what Birmingham will have. This year, there are so many expansion sides and so many teams that are going to be that we just won't know what they are yet yeah, until Hartford we face Athletic. them. Yeah, we're playing hard. That's our home opener. Yeah, and so I mean, we're playing Hartford this year. You're playing Loudon this year. Ladone. Somebody needs to pronounce that for me. Loudon. Is it Loudon? Yeah. All right. Thank God. All right, so we're playing Loudon this year, Birmingham, Memphis, <laughs> Legion, yeah. Hartford. I mean, that's that's a lot of teams that we don't have any concept of. Um, you get Pittsburgh twice. That's Bob Lilly Ball. They just re-signed Stephen Dos Santos or signed Stephen Dos Santos, who's a Bob Lilly favorite. Pittsburgh was good last year. They're going to be really good again this coming year. Now that they've got an extra year under his system, I'm confident Indy's going to be really good. I'll be curious to see Memphis. Uh, when do we play at Tampa? Because that's my wild card road trip game. I may try I to go to April, that game. April 13th. 13th. See, and I like that it's early because that means it might still be worthwhile to get down to Florida then. Yeah. Like for, oh, I could use some 85 for that. <laughs> yeah. I've been look, I was looking at tickets actually. Really? Yeah. I've heard cool things about Al Lang. I've driven by it because we've got friends, Chris Kiss. Oh, Shout yeah. out to our boy, Chris. I could go and get my hair cut in, uh, in Tampa, St. Pete. Drag show. Uh, my parents live down there near in Florida, so I could fly and see mm-hmm. them and maybe uh, include a game. That's my wild card. I will definitely go to Nashville. I will definitely go to Memphis. I will definitely go to Indy. I will definitely go to St. Louis. I will definitely consider going to Kansas City. Kansas City is like a six and a half, seven hour drive. That's a lot. That's like the Pittsburgh of the West drives. So Pittsburgh and Kansas City are my maybe outer limit drive times. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, but I mean, shoot, Indy, Memphis, Nashville, St. Louis, those games are givens. I'm going to those. Martin, you got any game in particular besides Tampa that you are uh, giving some consideration to? I really want to make it down to uh, Memphis. Yeah. And, well, Nashville and Indy are pretty much a given, and maybe St. Louis. St. Louis was a great time. I went the first year, mm-hmm. and that was a blast of a road trip. That was St. Louis f- is a fun city anyway. It is. You can make that one a weekend. Frankly, yeah. you can make all of these a weekend yeah. deal. Uh, I like that it's not on Mother's Day this year, yeah. and uh, so uh, and not on yes, yeah, so not a Sunday yeah. holiday. Uh, I saw that they gave us the the. Derby week, not off, but it's an away game and not Saturday. Right. So smart. Which was smarter than me. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to an away game of our biggest rival yeah. on, on Derby, Derby Day, which was colossally dumb. Anyway, um, anything, any games that you're specifically excited about, looking forward to already, Andy? Just that indie game. That yeah. first indie game. That's what I want to see. Going to Lucas Oil is cool. Have you been to Lucas Oil? I've never been to Lucas Oil. So this is, it's not even a dirty secret, it's just the truth, and right now i got to flaunt it. I'm an indie guy myself, and uh, 
I love Lucas Oil Stadium. I go to Lucas Oil Stadium regularly yeah, for Colts do. games. Yeah. Uh, because I'm a Colts fan, and the Colts are moving on in the playoffs. <laughs> Going to play in Kansas City this weekend. I know that uh, my our, our favorite uh, public relations guy, Scott Stewart, another Indiana fan of uh, the Pacers and the Colts and the Hoosiers with playing? me. So Kansas City Chiefs on Saturday at 345, 435. Going to be fun. Going to be fun. Uh, right now, it's all gravy for the Colts. Like everything we do from here on out, if we lose by thirty, I'll be like, "Hey, man, we're a year ahead of schedule, yeah. so I'm fine." <laughs> but uh, no, it's under sixty days until Lou City plays soccer that we can watch. Yeah, it's getting close. Yeah, it's getting good. Can't wait. So join Scouse's house. Join the Coopers. Get to the games. Get your season tickets. Be a part of this. If you are listening to this podcast. 93% chance says you're a season ticket holder. But if you aren't and you're pull, trying to decide, like Jared is the perfect example of a guy who the year before went to yes. probably 12 games and didn't have season <clears throat> tickets. He loved the team and he wanted to do it, but he hadn't fully committed. Fully commit, guys. If you're going to eight games a year and you don't think you can make the other 15 or vice yeah. versa, somebody will want those tickets Join a supporters group, get your season tickets, and then uh, give them to a happy home because yeah. we are all bringing people to all these games every week. Martine, we hope that uh, next year we completely respect the people who want to sit in the Cooper section. We hope you'll join us for a game. Come on over and uh, over stand next to me and Andy yeah. for a game. Uh, don't let Scouse corner you for too long. Don't stand in our spot. Yeah, don't yeah, stand in our spot. spot. That would be unacceptable. Stand with us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be an amazing season. We've got uh, a lot of fun stuff coming up. We should have three more podcasts before we can really start, uh, before we're yeah. basically into it. So three more off-season podcasts, and then we'll do a breakdown of the first games, because or we'll be into preseason by that point. So yeah. uh, I'm glad we got to do this. Broke, it, broke in the new good. year. Martin, yeah. thanks for joining thanks us. For thanks for having me, guys. Andy, you got anything else you got to say? No, oh, man, I'm just... I'm just glad we're all here together. That's it. Martin, when can we expect podcast luchadors? I'm gonna have to give Jorge a call and see if we can make it happen soon. You guys got to have, have you been doing any off-season episodes? No, none, none off-season. I feel like now that we've got the roster basically settled, it may be time for one because uh, uh, I know that the people who listen to that podcast really rely on it and depend on it, and uh, I've heard nothing but good things about it. If I understood it, I would listen to it more as is. I've only listened to it the once. You know it would be awesome. Even so, I still got a lot of... Uh, you could pick up on the excitement. You know what would be so. awesome? This is mm. what I think we should do. You and I should learn Spanish. Like Rosetta well, That's just it. true in general. Yeah, well, I mean, we, you should... Right, like in life, you should learn another language. But like, you should, we should learn Spanish, go on their podcast, they can speak Spanish... And, but we can speak English a la Han and Chewy. Dude, that just blew my mind. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though? Like, nobody understood what Chewy was we saying would except one, we, would, we, would, we would 100% be the Chewbacca in that particular instance. <laughs> oh, it'd be amazing. Uh, uh, I did just watch Martina. Solo. <laughs> Martin's looking at me like, what, the hell what just happened? Um no, please tune into Podcast Luchador throughout the year whenever they uh, they get this season going because it is a valuable and important thing that they're doing. Uh, take take soccer to your friends because yeah. right now is the time. In the off season is the time to try to convince people to get out to the games. The time to convince them, hey, you had fun with us at those two games last year. 
get your tickets for this year. Don't be shy because this fan base grows because of people like us. And I don't mean like Martin and Andy and I who do podcasts and jabber at you. I'm talking about the people who jabber directly to the non-initiates. Yeah. Uh, because people don't come to the games unless we bring them to the games. And we need to do that as a fan base, as a group. That person who came to one game last year, make them come to four this year. That person who came to four games last year, get them to get season tickets. Uh, this is this is an exciting time for the team, and they do not want to be left out when the stadium is built. Because, oh, doctor, if you aren't watching the live traffic cam of that stadium inching towards oh interesting gosh. things, then I don't know what you do with your Tuesday, because that's all I do on Tuesdays. Monday through Monday, and then Wednesday through Friday, I work. Mm-hmm. Tuesday, it's just, it. hey guys, more drilling. Drill more. Cool. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Oh, 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 is that a pipe? Like, that's my <laughs> that's my day on Tuesdays. Uh, please, everybody, get involved. And uh, otherwise, go root for the, the uh, Mockingbird Sea League Greyhounds, who are playing tonight at 11. Why did you hold this out on Greyhounds? I wasn't involved in that process. You I was should just, change that name. Honestly, the person who named us is no longer playing for that team, so we could so, yeah, change so the name. Change it. What do you recommend? The, the broadswords. Okay, that's. I'll, I'll take that to the group. Um, we are actually tonight playing a new team in our league who is called Lou City Reserves. And I'm telling you right now, <laughs> if any of the Lou City players are on the field <laughs> against me tonight... I'm quitting. I'm just <laughs> quitting. Because... Toshi's going to play the block out there. You <laughs> jackass. Hulk, what are you doing? Damn it! All right. Um, well, I think we, we got to end this before things yeah. fall entirely yeah. too far off the rails. That's but uh, uh, we only ever end our podcast one way, yeah. and that's by saying, Go, Go City! City.